is Phoenix FM. Yes, it is. You're listening to Phoenix FM on the One Two Free Show with me, Stuart Pink, and joining me uh, via the power of the internet is the man who thought Banksy was a cash point. It's Mr. Mark CB. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. You did? Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, it's an yeah. easy mistake to make, to be fair. I've, it I is. It is. the same. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I both of them go that. on the wall, and both yeah. of them uh, <laughs> got a lot of cash involved. Do you know what? It? Having said that, I have seen the documentary about him, Exit Through the Gift Shop, uh, and I found that quite fascinating. Oh. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Quite interesting. Um, Did you know the true identity of Banksy? No, and I think that the good thing about the documentary is it doesn't give it away either. It, it, to be honest with you, from what I vaguely recall, because it came out quite a while ago, um, it doesn't even go that way. Um, it doesn't even go, well, we may tell you, but Maybe. I don't think it does. Yeah, so uh, so uh, I'm disappointed that uh, I, I still don't know the person's name. But having said that, I like I like the fact that we don't know who he is. It's yeah, fun. well, if, if, if ever you want to debunk that myth, you could oh. listen back to the uh, unedited, unbleeped version of our chat earlier oh. with John Brandler, where it is revealed. Who he is. On the FedEx FM website, Ooh. who Banksy really is. Well, I, just, I couldn't believe myself. <laughs> well, like, after we've finished. I thought, this is like going, oh, Batman. Oh, yeah, that's him, isn't it? Bruce Wayne, <laughs> isn't it? I was like, what? <laughs> hey, what? Hang on. No. You can't just say that. You can't just drop that in. <laughs> I fell off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, how are you, Mark? Yes, I'm very well. Um, shocked to sort of realise we're in October. Um, oh, I know. Which, which, you know, pretty quick, I've got to say, this year. Um, however, I think October might be my favourite month, I've got to be honest, because... You as get a lover all, of horror films. As a lover of horror films, you get all the horror films. Oh, uh, it's all going out. on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, we will review some horror films that are coming up later in the month, absolutely. Um, nothing... I'll get my pillow ready. Well, do you know, I was going to say to you, because I know you're not a horror film fan... How far would you go in watching a horror film? So I know that you wouldn't watch something like Saw. Okay, I get that. That's fine. And maybe not The Exorcist. But what about something that, that, that sort of borders on the horror, you know, that's maybe like a PG or something like that? PG. That won't give me nightmares. I, I would go, um, I love The Woman in Black. Yes. That kind of ghosty story. I love a bit of okay. that. Okay. Oh, I quite enjoyed It when we watched I haven't. I still haven't watched Chapter 2, so right. I will do that. Okay. Um Actually, I found myself somewhere early, earlier this week, and it looked. I've got to send you the picture. It looked like uh, the place where all the kids went missing. Oh, I was, I was, I was there, and there was a spare <laughs> shoe just left on the side of the You're next to this gutter. I was like, too. oh no! <laughs> yeah, I ran away like a little schoolgirl. So but, um, you know, I mean, yeah. you're saying those. That's more than what I thought you were going to tell. To be honest, uh, say to me, I, I thought you were going to say no, no, no. What about something like arachnophobia? Oh, no. Right. No, I draw the line on spiders. That's fine. Nothing to do with spiders. That's fine. Okay. Harry Potter was bad enough. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was too mean, far. Let's not forget, arachnophobia is a PG, but there are so many people who have been traumatised by that Oh, film. my God. Yeah, I know. Exactly, right? Um, I've seen the trailer. That was enough. What about something like a Hammer horror film, you know, like Christopher Lear's Dra- Dracula? Too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah oh, no, yeah. like a bit okay. of Dracula. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, that's fine. So so more your... A bit Hannibal. Your, right, okay. So you're more uh, staying Shaun away the dead. from... The, that well, no, not really. Like, Sean no. the oh. dead. <laughs> uh, so you're more staying away from the real 
gore stuff, the real hardcore horror stuff that you would possibly see at like Fright Fest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I've had right. enough ketchup on my chips already, you know. That's, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. No, that, that's fine. I get it. Uh, there are a lot of people like yourselves who, you know, would not sit through, you know, buckets and buckets of blood being thrown at the screen and whatever. What about yeah. um, Freddy Krueger? Uh, what, The Shining? No, Freddy Krueger, no. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Oh, right. Uh, yeah, never actually watched it, to be honest. Never okay. given it the time. But okay. I, perhaps I should try it. You should. i tell you why. Um, obviously, iconic horror character. Um, my girlfriend uh, had never seen them. She was always scared of them. Anyway, a couple of years ago, I bought the complete box set because I'm like, I'd like to revisit those. So I said to her, how about we sit and watch them? If you don't like them, fine. We'll turn it off and I'll watch it on my own. Anyway, she went through them all and, and I won't say enjoyed them. She was very much like, yes, they're of the 80s, aren't they? I'm like, oh, absolutely. You know, they, yeah. it doesn't feel as scary now. But the same, we did the same with like Friday the 13th as well and with Critters and with Ghoulies as well. And all of these films that came out in the 80s that have these iconic characters or or imagery. And you watch it now and you go, well, it's not anywhere near not as, as bad as what i thought not it as was. scary as it yeah. thought it was yeah. yeah um i mean there's still some out there that are still incredibly scary as you said the woman in black you know um the film that we reviewed a while ago 1989 uh, yeah ITV. the old yeah still very scary but um yeah I, I would certainly in this month i would see how far you could push it i'd be interested to know how far you would push yourself to go i mean as i said i'm not going to send you <laughs> the saw box set or anything else like that uh, um but yeah, the sixth just... sense was probably as scared as I've ever been. Okay, so you're more. See, it's interesting. Yeah. What the films Ghosty that you're saying stuff. that you like, but also scare you, are very ghost orientated. Um, yeah, I love a bit of ghost story. Yeah, I mean, me too. Me too. I'm I'm in the same. If there's a subgenre of the horror genre that I would watch constantly, it's it's the ghost. Really, uh, you know, like Ring. Uh, I, I love the Ring trilogy out of Asia. Um, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot like that. I've got to say, um, the Entity. I mean, the Entity is a, a stunning film, absolutely stunning, but incredibly difficult to watch. Um, Crimson Peak over the past few years. You know, Guillermo del Toro's uh, mm. um, brilliant film that's been much overlooked. So yeah. The, do you know what? Maybe lots of stuff to. Uh, yeah, maybe I should send you a list, and you can sort you. of work your way through it this month. That's a good idea. Ten Halloween films to yeah scare us sweetless. <laughs> maybe I'll just send you that list, and we see how we get on. I'd be curious to know. I really would, because as we said, I'd... you know, horror is such a a polarizing genre, and because it's so widespread as well. Um, yeah. You know, you you're going, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd watch something like that, and then I'd say to you, yeah, but what about this? And you go, no, I'm not touching that. So <laughs> it really is wide ranging. That's it. Send me that list. I'll watch a few, and if I don't speak to you the next week, send counselling. <laughs> if you're not on the radio <laughs> next week, you know where I'll be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Should we do this week's films? Let's do this week's films. This is Phoenix ninety eight FM. It's film reviews and movie news, and joining me is Mr. Mark Searby. Mark, what we got this week? Well, do you know, before we uh, review the first films this week, uh, I just want to say, once again, I mean, you have said this recently. Actually, we've said this since probably about April. British film is in rude health. It's it's in such good health. And I think this year has proved it. The fact that all of these blockbusters have you know, been postponed, been pushed back and whatever else. And we talk about mm. those, it's fine. But we've had so many British films come out 
this year, certainly since April, that we have spoken about where I've been very impressed with them. Very we impressed with them. We have. And I think that's a testament to the fact that the British film industry is doing phenomenally well, even on a smaller scale. You know, it's great that, you know, we do these big blockbusters, and, you know, James Bond film and the Avengers obviously filmed here as well. And, you know, Wonder Woman, whatever else. But we've yeah. got this we've got this microcosm of British films that solely focus on the British Britishness of. Do you think they're doing well at the moment because of the scenario, because the big budget films are all postponing? Oh, and Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any question to that, but I think. That's to the advantage of these British films is that yeah. people want to see new product and what's out there at the moment, British films. Great, fantastic. We'll go and see these British films, but they're, they're very different. They're all very different. You know, I think back to obviously back in April when we talked about Summerland, which I absolutely adored. Um, yeah. And now we've got more coming and more coming. So Summerland, you know, start of April. And now let's bookend it with October. I mean, there's more coming still, but, you know, the perfect bookend is this new British film called Eternal Beauty. So Eternal Beauty, my biography, I presume. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, I hope not, to be honest, but because um, it's not that. Um, oh, actually, is, yes. No, no, yeah, please Now not. you've read no. the synopsis. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a story <laughs> about Jane who falls into a state of disrepair over her schizophrenia. Um, she encounters all sorts of new sources of love and life and ups and downs and whatever else. Um, mm. I think it goes without saying that Sally Hawkins is a national treasure. Uh, yeah, I would know, say so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's a phenomenally talented actress who receives all the plaudits all the time and thoroughly deserved. I feel like she deserves to be a bigger star, but at the same time, and, you know, this goes back to actually mentioned in Summerland in that I feel like Gemma Artenton should be a bigger star, but then we wouldn't get these films. Wouldn't get Summerland. I mean, if she get... was a huge superstar, she wouldn't have had a love affair with a fish. In, uh, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Very believably so. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, the great thing about Sally Hawkins is she easily straddles the big Hollywood blockbusters, like you said, you know, The Shape of Water and the small independent feature films. Um, mm. I don't think I've ever seen her give a bad performance. That's the thing. Um, oh. And I include Eternal Beauty in that because this is, I think, one of her finest performances to date. The way that she plays Jane is both maddening and quite saddening as well. You really do yeah. feel for Jane because she struggles with her schizophrenia, but you also do feel a sense of annoyance at her attitude towards others. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of easy to see why her family members kind of have nothing to do with her, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's more than a touch of acerbicness to Jane as well. Uh, she she rules over the family like a patriarch, yet puts upon them like a lost sheep, basically. Um, yeah. You know, to, and I think to have a character that moves so wildly on the swingometer of emotions it, and be able to fill those emotions and be able to put those onto the screen and, 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 you know, we understand them as viewers, shows the signs of a brilliant actress. And In Hawkins, some ways, it's the dream role. In other ways, it must be really challenging to play. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it kind of is the dream role because it really pushes you as an actor. Um, mm. And I think, you know, Sally Hawkins here um, in she's almost haunting herself in her look because she's she's got this skeleton-like frame. I mean, it's it's 
oh, it's terrible to watch. It really is. Um, she makes us feel for Jane, but also against Jane. And I think that's why I believe this is one of her finest performances to date. You know, it's a genuine must-see performance. It really is. Um, mm. The film itself is written and directed by C Craig Roberts. Now, he's a Welsh actor who's had a career, much like Sally Hawkins, to be honest with you, where he's done some big blockbusters. Um, he's also done some small pictures as well. This is his second film yeah. as a director. Um, it's clearly a very personal film. Um, it's one that has feeling coming, you know, just all the way through it. And, you know, it's he's clearly written this, I think, coming from an area of experience. Um, I mean, I, I don't know too much more. I don't think yeah. I've seen any interviews where he's talked much more about that. But it feels like everything is real. Everything Understanding is the scenarios. Exactly, yeah. And mm. it can be very difficult, obviously, to understand schizophrenia and then to put it on the screen as well. Um, but I think, the you know, the way that he makes the family almost afraid of Jane and the way that they sort of don't want her to be there is truly brilliant and yet deeply troubling. However, he injects the film with so much love and so much laughter the like when Jane meets the slightly strange yet very entertaining Mike, um, the film suddenly changes into this romance out of nowhere. And this is a romance <laughs> that, you know, where nothing else exists apart from Jane and Mike. That's it. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, I just... The whole film is wonderful, to be honest with you. It, it treats schizophrenia in such a way that it never demeans it. It never makes it a laughing matter. And yet the film is filled with very funny scenes, tear-jerking moments as well. As I said, Sally Hawkins, one of the best performances of her career. Um, Craig Roberts, absolutely brilliant talent in front of the camera and behind it as well. I think... This is British filmmaking at its best. Excellent. That's what we like to see. Yeah. And I, I've got to say as well, is if you go and see this, because this is in cinemas now, if you go and see it and you like what's happening, as in, you know, you, you're impressed with it, I've got to highly recommend Craig Roberts' first film called Just Jim. Um, it's a very Just small Jim. film. Yeah, it came out about... Oh, so it just got Jim in it. <laughs> Um, it's it's a coming-of-age story set in uh, a very remote Welsh village where um, the locals are impressed with a a kind of a James Dean figure who turns up. It's a fantastic mm. debut feature film from Craig Roberts. And, you know, I was blown away by that. Eternal Beauty just takes it up the next notch. It really does. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do next. I really am. Craig Roberts, keep it coming. Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. But also... Don't neglect being in front of the camera as well, because, I mean, I loved him in um, Red Oaks, which is a TV show on Amazon Prime. I loved him in um, the um, Rotten Romans film. I thought he was great in that. Oh, um, was he in that, was he? He was in that, yeah. Nice. Uh, he was in The Current War as well. You know, so as I said, he, hmm. he, he sort of puts his... He sort of puts his stamp on everything, but it's all very different, different genres. And I like the fact that he's like, yeah, I'm not going to be pigeonholed. I'm going to do this. And also my other my films are probably not going to be mainstream enough. But what I do make are absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I, I go at it 100 percent. And coming out of the other side is 
very honest films. Excellent. A great another great British film off. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah, absolutely. Maybe yeah. we should have a great British film off at the end of the year, you know, select a good tour. idea, isn't it? Yeah. When when the day finally comes and when Brexit's here and, and we have to deal with that. Let's distract ourselves with all the British films. Yeah, do you know what? Fine. Nice. If it's like Eternal Beauty and if it's like Summerland and all of the other films that we reviewed over the past few months that have been absolutely fantastic British films, count me in. We can deal with that. Yep. What's next, Mark? Uh, so we've got a film that is available on video on demand. Uh, so, you know, you digital download as well. It's a film called Repression. Um, and a story about Marianne Winter, who's a therapist who moves from New York to a remote Scottish town for her job. While she's Ooh. there, she begins to lose her grip on reality when one of her patients, a 10-year-old boy, claims he can control the future. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Is this one of those horror films you were saying about? I would go with this as more science fiction-y, to be honest okay. with you. Um, it's not about time travel. It's not about inversion either. Um, yeah. It's a dark thriller about the dark recesses of our minds and how mm. even the most put together of people can sometimes struggle to find the correct path. Um, you know, this is a small independent film that I, I think does pack quite a wall up, actually. I mean, I, I watched it and I came away going, wow, some heady stuff in this. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's also interesting that you get this really rounded character of Marianne before any of the troubles, before any of the, the, the you know, the darkness descends upon her as well. The character is very well written and there's plenty of backstory given to her for for us to greater understand why she's taken this job in rainy Scotland rather than staying in New York. Um, it's an unusual move, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but do you know what? It's brought up in the film, actually. So one of the characters says, why would you move to Scotland when you've got New York? And she's actually got a very good answer for it. Um, the thing Haggis. Is, do you know what? That's fine. <laughs> I'm a Haggis oh, yes. fan. Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would. Watching this performance, uh, I couldn't help but be reminded of Kathy Bates in Misery quite a bit, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Thelka Rutan, uh, I think, does a very good job as Marianne, really gets under the skin of the character. You know, everything in the story pivots around her. And it's a plot that slowly continues to pile pressure on Marianne. And it, it almost feels like it's slowly seeping off the screen as well. You know, there's chilling moments where yeah. Marianne's struggling with her demons that all hmm, maybe a little bit too real, to be honest with you. You're, like, You're thinking, oh. this is it. Uh, I'm feeling this as well. Yeah, absolutely. It it. Um, I think the, the storyline of the young boy who can control the future is a little bit flimsy. I've got to be honest. It doesn't hmm. help that the character is very underwritten and slightly overacted as well. Um, He's got I've, some pretty scary eyes in the yeah, picture. Yeah, absolutely. At. Yeah. Um, I found the character, M Manny is the boy, um, quite annoying. I've got to be honest. I think it <laughs> needed to be checked slightly, you know, not as a nasty performance in the way that the, what they've put on screen. And also, for the most part, this character does become a bit sidelined, actually, because there's more going on with Marianne. So it oh. does feel like Manny is there just for the setup and not much else. See, for um, the trailer, it seems as if he's the main event. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you look at the poster and it's, it's it's just Marianne on the poster. You know, that's the thing. Um, it's difficult to know if having more screen time with 
the character might have changed how unlikable Manny is. I think that's the that's the question here. Um, yeah. But you know, look, look. That aside, I will say that any anybody looking for something slightly different will enjoy repression. You know, as I said, it's a very dark thriller. It's a very claustrophobic piece about how minds deal with the past and the future and what can happen in even the sanest of minds. Uh, so you know, I think <laughs> better like the others. Yeah, exactly. So I think yeah, more science fiction. But you know, your question about is it a horror film? It borders on it. I think mm. there's moments where you're like, okay, this is going to turn into, you know, all of the, you know, it's going to turn into any one of these child horror films. Um, but it, it doesn't, thankfully. And I think that's good because as I said that the child in it is a little bit too flimsy, a little bit too annoying in it. And I think it takes away from the main character. Yeah, I'm just going to defend him just because I've seen his eyes again and they're scaring me. He did a great job. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you see, that's the thing. You're looking at it and you're going, yeah, looks freaky. But then when you see the performance. Yeah, mm, just not the same. Takes not it away same. a bit, I think. So I won't bother asking him what's coming up next. I'll ask you instead. What, what <laughs> films are we doing after the break? Uh, so on DVD and Blu-ray, we, actually, we've got two animated films. Oh, yes. I shall get my best pixelated face on. <laughs> Phoenix 98 FM. It is indeed. You're listening to Phoenix FM with the 123 show of me, Stuart Pink. And joining me for film reviews and movie news is Mark Theory. Hello, Mark. Hello. So we're on to uh, DVD on demand section. Yeah, uh, DVD, Blu-ray and some on demand, I guess you could call it. Some some don't end up on demand. Uh, and everything days. else slash other. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the right one, actually, yeah. <laughs> Fill in as necessary. Um, so, one of the films that was meant to be in cinemas earlier this year and then got pulled and then went to premium streaming um, and is now on DVD and Blu-ray is Scoob. Scoob. One of Zoics. Yeah, one of the most beloved cartoon characters, basically. Now you are talking to an expert in Scooby Doo. Well, this because is good. When I was a kid, or well, I say kid, a young man. When I were a young man, <laughs> about two years ago, I played Fred from Scooby Doo on stage. No, I was Fred. I was part of Mister Inc. I had flower powered flares and a orange <laughs> cravat <laughs> and about four lines, but it was great fun. <laughs> but isn't that the point of Scooby-Doo is that it is great fun? Oh, isn't it? Just, yeah. yeah. I mean, Fred's basic job is just to look good and flirt with people. I was having the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is with, with Scooby-Doo, it's such an iconic piece of work that I think yeah. rebooting it for the big screen, ooh, that could be tricky, um, especially with this one because it's aimed at a, a new much younger audience than I think certainly certainly me and you grew up with you know the Scooby-Doo cartoon um, yeah we've already seen the cartoon we've already had a live action remake I think it's uh, the two, first time I've two. Um, has there been several with it oh no there's, there's been a couple of live action films that uh, you know uh, in all honesty the first film the live action film I don't mind the second one truly awful anyway back to this one um, <laughs> so what they've done with this is they've made a few changes here and there so the animation is very bubbly the gang are a bit hipper a bit cooler um, yeah 
my question is, and this, I guess you could answer this because, you know, having played Fred, is if it isn't Brogue, why would you fix these characters? Yeah, I mean, they were they were cool. They were always cool. Well, three of them were cool. The, the, that's the thing. Like, nerdy characters are in vogue now. You know, the geeks have inherited the earth. Yeah. And Scooby-Doo and the gang are, you know... <laughs> One of the biggest geeky gangs going. Um, Two cool people, one geek and one who you're not quite sure about. But that's, Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the cartoons still stand up by today's standards, I think. This yeah, reboot, as long as you're not a caretaker. Well, was it the caretaker? That's the question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always, always the caretaker. Um, this reboot is nowhere near as good as the original cartoon. Oh, that's in a fact, shame. Yeah, and the thing was, I was looking forward to this. In fact, I mm. think it lacks any of the warmth or humour that they had or the the films had, you know, the live-action films. Honestly, the, it is a mess of a plot as well. It really is. It, you know, why make... Yeah, there's some kind of abduction or something. Yeah, so, so basically, the, the Scooby doing the gang got to go and try and stop a plot to unleash this ghost dog uh, Cerberus around the world. Uh, they've got to stop the dog apocalypse, what it's called, and then the gang <laughs> discover that Scooby's got this greater destiny. And uh, oh, it's all a bit involved. Uh, well, this is the thing, and I'm like, mm. why does it need to be this complicated? Why does it need to involve ghost dogs and parallel universes and time travel when all you need is a good old fashioned mystery? Yeah. I mean, and I that's think what that's the, the point need, of it, it, isn't it? Yeah, that's the point. So I think the writers have really missed the point of what makes Scooby Doo fun. That's the problem. Mm. And also, this is this is the big problem with the film. I think, for uninteresting plot reasons, the story splits up Scooby and Shaggy from the rest of the gang. Okay. Oh, you can't do that. Well, I mean, they've done it in the cartoons and, you know, it's kind of the fun side of it. But it makes no sense to split them up and even lesser sense than when they reunite, having done very little individually. So eventually we get to the big baddie of the piece and it's a character from something that you've seen before i don't want to give it away that's the thing i was about to give it away to be honest I with you because i think wrote it i might notes. know okay right fine yeah and you think is it a marvel one no no oh, okay right, no fair enough. no it, i'll <laughs> say this it's another cartoon character that anybody who grew up with scooby-doo and you know all of those uh will know right um, okay the problem with the bad guy character here and it's so difficult not saying the person's name um <laughs> is that they've turned this sort of bumbling type character into a maniacal evil genius and it's like that's not what he was oh i've said he there sorry well there we go uh, i'm not gonna say anymore yeah. okay right so we know it's a he right so that's i not think what... i know who you mean now. okay yeah. great um and also him <laughs> constantly <laughs> shouting his first name in the film seems to me oh. anyway a little risky in a kid's film i've got to be honest <laughs> maybe yes. that's just me maybe that's just my mindset okay is that supposed to be an in joke for the adults that's maybe backfired th- it's difficult to know it's really <laughs> difficult to know okay so look uh, away from me almost saying who it is um 
you know, as as much as a reboot of a much beloved franchise, I think this fails spectacularly. It's constantly unfunny. It's this absolute mess of a plot. The characters act like they've had lobotomies. It's so far <laughs> away from the classic Scooby-Doo that it might as well have inc- included Scrappy-Doo and be done with it, to be oh, honest no, with you. no, not Scrappy. Yeah, oh, no. And the thing was, <laughs> here's, here's the kicker. I was so looking forward to this film. So yeah. looking forward to it. Like, when the, when the studio sent out the press release at the beginning of the year, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be at the press screening on a Sunday morning and they'll be like, Scooby-Doo, somebody dressed up as Scooby-Doo and I'm a photo ten, whatever. I'm so excited, genuinely so excited. Dishing out Scooby snacks in the cinema. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, great. Uh, Genuine Scooby snacks, not the fun-loving criminals type. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then when it got pushed back, I was like, okay, well, fine. And then it went on to On Demand and now it's on DVD and I've seen it. And honestly... I'm so disappointed. Oh, it's had such a great so cast lined up, th- isn't it? This is the thing. Got Mark Wahlberg, Zac Efron, Amanda Seyfried. Great voice cast. Great yeah. voice cast. Should have been brilliant. And I have to say that the voice cast are pretty good. Like, the, like they, I won't say they nail the characters, but it's close. It's close. And yeah. that's enough. But when you've got a story, a plot that is overly complicated for a kids film why it might have been right if it hadn't been for those damn meddling writers i should have said that on my review (laughs) (laughs) you can have that one yeah thanks thanks yeah so huge disappointment (laughs) for me huge disappointment damn what we got last is any better can we, can uh, so we... we're going to talk about some anime now. Uh, we're going to talk about Ooh, a film called anime. Weathering With You. Uh, this is about teenager Hodaka, who runs away to Tokyo. While there, he befriends Hina, a girl who is able to manipulate the weather. Oh, nothing yes. to do with Michael Fish then? No, nothing to do with Michael right. Fish, no. Um, so Weathering With You, right, when, when this came out in... Uh, uh, in Japan back in 2019, it was the highest grossing film of the year and it had only been on release 52 days. Oh, wow. Blimey. Yeah, okay. That's a fast turnaround. Yeah. Now, the director, uh, Makoto Shinkai, uh, he created one of my favourite anime films of all time, Your Name. It Honestly, stunningly beautiful, just an absolute trip of a film as well. It's now being made into a live-action Hollywood movie. Um, People absolutely adored it. I loved it as well. Um, This, I mean, people, I've read things that said this is a sequel. It's not a sequel. I think it is maybe, let's call it a spiritual sequel, okay? All right. Um, This does not live up to your name or anything else like that. This is a film that says it will offer a lot, but I think it delivers on very little. So the initial storyline of Hodaka running away to Tokyo and then falling into a job, which then gives him an assignment to find a sunshine girl. That's what... Sunshine girl? Yeah. At first, I'm like... We all need a sunshine girl. Yeah, I'd love a sunshine girl because that's great. Um, (laughs) You know... I found that quite interesting. And Hodako is like this bumbling fool who embarrasses himself more often than not. Yet, after Hodako and Hina team up and begin to manipulate the weather for money, the film sort of falls a bit flat. 
it tries to blend storylines like romance, occultism, climate change, family values into this big spectacular visual thing, which is what mm. your name did, basically. It took loads of different genres and mixed them all up and it really worked. Um, this yeah. one comes across as a film that struggles to merge these different themes. And it, in all honesty, it's a bit of a patchwork film, I think. Um, also... I think the animation is sorely lacking as well. It only really wows when Hodarko and Hina fall through the weather arch. Um, it's incredibly impressive what follows after that moment. The problem is that that's in the finale. So by the time you come around, the, the animation sort of feels very flat. Oh, no. Yeah. So it, it kind of effectively goes from zero to 100 in a blink of an eye. And it didn't give you that build-up like your name did. And I, I hesitate mm. to keep going back to your name, but honestly, one of the best animated films I've seen in several years. Um, the characters, as I said, while initially I was kind of like, yeah, these are quite interesting characters, actually. I quite like these two. They become mundane. The, no, no, the no. only one that keeps the emotion running all the way through is Meow the Cat. <laughs> Meow the cat when you're Meow being upstaged cat. by a cat. Yeah, I mean, you're getting honest, it wrong. every time she was on screen, there was laughter from everybody. Genuine <laughs> laughter. The other characters sort of just ebb and flow through a storyline that, honestly, it's quite lackluster and the dialogue's pretty unengaging very early on. Um, yeah, I. Shame. It's, yeah, I, it is a shame. I, I encourage everybody to see your name. I really do. It's an absolutely fantastic film. Brilliant film. It really is. And see it before, obviously, the live action version gets made in a couple of years. Um, the director, uh, Makoto Shinkai, I think has clearly got a lot of things to say about Japanese culture and the struggles between the old and new generations. Yeah. And also he has a lot to say about climate change. Great. Fantastic brilliant but this film is not the film it should be i it's much, not done it right here yeah much like the previous film disappointed disappointed oh, yeah maybe it'll be better next time i hope so as i said the, the you know the director has got it in him there's no two ways about it i've seen his other work as well um before your yeah. name and you could see the stepping stones you could see he was building up to something um I'm just hoping that next time there's something that work that, that melds together better, I would say. Mm. So weathering review didn't quite cause the storm you were expecting. <laughs> this is why it, you're good at puns. And it I'm blew not. over you and left you feeling weathered. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> what have we got to look forward to next week, Mark? So next week we're going to be talking about Kajillion Air. Jillian Air, that sounds like my lifestyle. Yeah, yes. honestly, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a uh, crime heist film. Um, oh. We're also going to be talking about the biopic of Helen Reddy, who actually died only a few days ago as well. Um, her oh, biopic blimey. is coming out next week. It's called I Am Woman. And then on DVD, we're going to be talking about My Zoe. Um, that is a film. It's not nothing to do with somebody my who I know. Zoe. Um, I was going to say, not Zoe. No. You're Zoe, eh? No. <laughs> Um, so we're going to be talking about that, uh, which is quite an interesting drama. And then mm. we're going to be talking about a documentary called Brothers in Arms, The Making of Platoon. So if you remember oh. the, the Oliver Stone film Platoon, and uh, you know many people who have seen it will always remember it, uh, there's a documentary coming out all about the making of it. So we're going to be talking about those next week. So kind of a quite an eclectic week. 
Yeah, nice, nice, varied mix. Yeah, so, absolutely. Catering for everyone. Well, I, well, everyone, most, most people, most people, ninety percent. Yeah, anyone who also doesn't like Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What can we look forward to watch on the box this weekend? Mark? Well, do you know what? I've gone for two older films this week. Mm, and I don't mean noties. like, oh, 80s or 70s. No, no, we're going all the way back. So, Saturday night at 9.05pm on Talking Pictures TV is The Day of the Locust. It's oh. not a horror film. Well, it kind of is. Um, it's the story of um, some young wannabes who go to Hollywood and try to make their way in 1930s Hollywood. It is an expose mm-hmm. of what went on behind the scenes basically um it is an absolutely thrilling film that will shock and awe a lot of people i think uh it's it's one of those films that maybe many people haven't seen that's the thing uh but yeah. it's absolutely fantastic it really is uh it's um donald sutherland karen black and burgess meredith is in it as well who most people might know as um uh rocky's Right-hand man in this corner. Um, oh, yes, of course. Yes, He's yes. got a towel on his shoulder. Yes. Yep. Um, it's a fantastic film all about, you know, the, the inner workings of Hollywood and how it can break you, basically. Um, oh, I know that well. Yeah. Well, it doesn't surprise me. You, <coughs> having been pulled apart for your uh, performances of Fred oh, in yeah. Scooby-Doo. This is it. Yeah, That's why I didn't the take one. the role in this yeah. one. It's just, um, it was... It's a fantastic film. It's very rarely on TV as well. I've got to say that. So this is a, a rare opportunity to see this. Nice. The Day of the Locust. When's it on? Uh, Saturday, 9.05pm, Talking Pictures TV. Nice. And what else on? So, obviously, we were talking about horror films earlier and what would be your limit. Um, I've got a film, a horror film, on Sunday that I yeah. think you should watch, actually. It is okay. Dracula. But it is Ooh. not the Hammer horror film. It is not uh, the Gary Oldman film either. It is the Universal horror picture film uh, starring Bella Lugosi. So it's one of the original horror films, basically, from when uh, oh. the Universal pictures. Um, it is the the funny thing about this is it's not it's not incredibly scary. It's not loads of blood sucking or anything else like that. It's more atmospheric. It's more yeah. the way that Lugosi plays Dracula. Um, that basically everybody's ripped off since then. Really, that's he the was thing. the original, was he? Yeah, yeah. It's it's such an interesting piece, and how well Lugosi portrays Dracula. Um, and as I said, very atmospheric as well. It it really was the film that kicked off everything for Universal, really. You know, there's Wolfman, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, etc. Um, so this one, I think, would be really good for you because, as I said, it's not squeamish or anything. It's just the way that the camera moves around him. It's very it's yeah. very German expressionism. Um, it's, it's the way that shadows fall across the face and things like that that give you this tense worry about what's going to happen it's a fantastic film it really is it's um... next day blood curdle oh i love it i love uh, oh. it uh, and the funny thing is it's on at 5 30 p.m on the horror channel on the horror channel oh yes i'll get and me hooked 
if you watch that and you like it straight after they're showing the universal pictures version of the mummy oh so they've got like a double bill of, of classic universal films going on oh nice yeah i'll give that a go and uh Hopefully I won't be shaking. I'll stop shaking with the time we chat next week. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Find out in the next edition of Film Reviews <laughs> and Movie News. Have a good week, Mark. We'll see you I then. I will do. You too. Bye. Phoenix 98FM. Go to phoenixfm.com and listen to online guest interviews. Check the events for your area and listen to great radio online. Phoenix 98 FM.